Hello. Welcome, gang. We are back. It is uh, episode 78, Quinny. We're getting closer and closer to the big uh, centenary, um, the centenary episodes. We're getting closer, mate. Uh, as always, if you just joined us, welcome. Uh, we are live currently on twitch.tv forward slash plastician. This is the end product podcast. And as always, I'm joined here by my sparring partner, partner in crime, Quinny. How you doing, mate? I'm Brian Stashy Boy. Good to see you. And uh, this is an, an unusual one because we're actually live game week, weekend, but weekend game week uh, end product and up the now. So we're in the middle of it, buddy. But yeah. We've got uh, schedules getting uh, misaligned again, so good to be back. And uh, yeah, good to be doing this as we're set up for a weekend, mate. It should be different this week. Yeah, it should be, definitely. I think, uh, yeah, I think my head will be a little bit less scrambled because we've done all of the kind of running around. Normally, we do this on a Thursday. Um, if you're listening in the future, we're actually live today on Friday, as Quinny mentioned, just after the deadline's done. So we have, we've done all of the kind of the brain work for the weekend. Uh, I just literally came in here off the back of uh, Quinny's deadline stream with Harry Trades. So uh, that was nice to kind of catch that, um, pick up a few bits and bobs that I might have missed as well. And um, yeah, feeling pretty good, uh, Quinny. How are you feeling? Considering now this is a little bit different, how are you feeling? How's, how's the feelers going on the, the game week ahead? You feeling confident? Any end product you reckon uh, is likely this weekend? I hope at? so. I think I had some good form last week because we were unlucky not to podium. Uh, so, yeah, I'm quite excited for this week. Uh, I'm just looking at sort of data. The lineups haven't caught in there yet. But, yeah, last week I got like two top fives or so, top tens. The kickoff unique one also doesn't mean anything because there's only three cards in it. Yeah. Uh, a few other kind of like good spots, but, uh, you know, quite thin on players. I'm getting more and more guys injured at the moment, which is a pain. But, yeah, I feel a lot of my cards are in a good bit of form and I've got like three or four teams that. Yeah, I'm quite buzzing about hopefully they run well this weekend. What about you? Yeah, quite similar actually. Like I think I was mentioning to you off air and I'm kind of in a position at the moment where I'm struggling a little bit for goalkeeper options, which is funny because we've obviously talked on here loads about all the goalkeepers I won in in the in the game weeks. Yeah. So, you know, getting getting rid of a few of those um had was a decision that I had to make at the time, like whether it was like, you know, bank bank the money or maybe reinvest in a different goalkeeper. Some of them are obviously keepers that I already had. Um, so, so yeah, it's been an interesting one. I found myself in a situation because uh, Donnarumma is obviously uh, suspended for another two league games. So this weekend um, that affects, and then I think next midweek as well. Um, and Kevin Trapp came off at half time against Aberdeen in the week. So kind of couldn't really put him in in air. To be fair, I wasn't going to put him in a particularly good lineup because he plays Leverkusen away um, this weekend. So it wasn't a particularly good fixture for him anyway. But, you know, him coming off at half time last night put the doubts um, about about a little bit. And obviously, Testegen, we know, is out, um, you know, more of a like mid term injury now. So probably not going to, not likely to have any use out of him for a couple of months, probably. So. Yeah, I'm, I find myself in a bit of a position with only one super rare goalkeeper as well. So cap 240 is kind of my only super rare play at the minute, which means, um, you know, I'm having to really pick where my cards are. I've kind of got maybe four or five like pretty solid lineups that I can put out and then everything else is a little bit of a jumble sale. Um, 
going into the weekend. But one of the big points for me this week, actually, and I wanted to pick your brain about this, was obviously we've come to the business end now of those Cap 220 long format um, tournaments. And having a little look at where I sat on those and not just, I, I kind of started building my teams and um, without thinking about them. And then I looked at it and I thought, oh, there's a couple here where, you know, we've got two game weeks left this weekend and then midweek. It's quite a big fixture list on the midweek this week, uh, this midweek coming. So as far as I was concerned, it's like, right, you've got two game weeks to try and improve on the kind of four scores you've got. Um, I've managed to get teams out in most of the weeks, apart from the, some of the midweeks, across limited, uh, rare and super rare in Cap 220. And yeah, it kind of played a lot about my kind of decision-making process this week. And I wondered about yourself, um, is Cap 220 still on the menu for you or is it one of those that you've kind of written off now? Um, I noticed in mine particularly, there was a couple where it's like you're 80 points away from a card. So in my opinion that, you know, 80 points, looking at some of the scores, I think some of them were like 180. And I thought, you know, a good week in cap 220 might be more close to like a 300 score. So potential there to maybe get a 120 point bounce, I thought was worth going in again this weekend and seeing if I can improve a score. And then, you know, if I do, then I'll look to do that again um, in the midweek. But what about yourself? How's cap 220 shaped up for you? Are you still in there? Yeah, I don't think you can really write it off until it's done because, like, once you've got four scores on the board and you see really how far you are from where you want to be, like, you know, there's two game weeks left, the one that we've just entered, and then the next midweek, like you say, where there's, as I'm looking at it now, a fair amount of Bundesliga and La Liga, and there's a few other bits and bobs sprinkled around. Um, that You just don't know. Like, so you just got to shoot your shot, got to go for the best one you can, and if you can get a team out, then why wouldn't you? Because yeah. you can only... It can only help efforts you've made for the last month be more beneficial later on, you know. So if you've got the teams, if you're within any touch and distance of a thing, I think you play the team and you go for it. I'm not too far away from the meaningful stuff. I don't know how realistic it is that I do get higher up the leaderboard, but I'm just taking it game week at a time, like I planned to when this thing started. Can I put a team out that works? Yes, I can. Let's go for it. How well does it do? Let's see. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm amongst it for them all, you know, but I don't think there's any, there's none of them where I'm cruising no. or I'm dead in. I would agree. Um, I'm just having a little look now on Sorry Day just to see if those like current standings have been updated. It looks to me like they maybe have because I think I've managed to sort of scrape my way into the tier five on cap 220 rare. Um, and, and in limited, I'm currently stood in a tier four. And Super Cap Super tells me I'm 81 points off. So I think um, because of some of my injury and like rotation news this week as well, what I've decided to do was not risk Vim in, in like my main um, Rare Plus lineup this weekend. And like I said, because I only had uh, one goalkeeper, Cap 240, you, you can, it's very difficult to fit someone with like a 60 plus average into a Cap 240 unless you're throwing some real kind of like curveballs in. So I've actually captained Veerman in my rare 220, uh, super rare 220 team this week. And I've put him in with uh, Lucas Roberto, who I think also has like a 60 plus average. Um, and just decided to play a little bit like we were talking about in last week's show, um, 
you know, the option where you run a goalkeeper with a zero, like a DMP goalkeeper. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's kind of how I'm playing it this weekend. I think, you know, if Vim runs out and scores 100, if he does come, it sounds like, you know, there's there's a high potential he will play. But I decided to stick with the safe bets in um, rare plus and go, you know, go as strong as possible in that this weekend, um, which meant, yeah, put put Veerman in the punt line up in 220. If it comes up trumps, I think I'll be in a pretty decent position moving into that last game week. So that was my play um, this week going into the weekend, just because of, you know, like that potential rotation, uh, you know, he might be injured. So I thought, sod it, put him in 220, captain him and just hope for the best. At least hopefully something will come good if he does start. But um, yeah, I think my rare plus team this weekend was a little bit more of a safe bet, but I still think it looks decent. Um, just having a little look at my lineup to remind myself who's in it. Uh, where are we? Oh, this is old. Why is that? Lobby pro lineups. Um, I know. Pro, here we go. So my all-star rare plus, I've got Vanderbilt in goal, which meant that U23 was not like a a key kind of like, what's the word, aim for me this weekend. So I've got Vanderbilt in goal, uh, Araujo um, in defence, super rare, Matt O'Reilly, super rare, Mbappe uh, forward captain, and then Cruz, because I felt like they were all five that I think should start. Um, and yeah, I think Araujo's last couple of games, he's in good form, got a good fixture. So uh, yeah, I decided to go that way with it rather than take out Araujo and then move in and take out Araujo and Cruz and then probably move in uh, the Super Air, Veerman and, and Grimaldo. That probably would have been the the switch had Veerman gone in there. But I just felt... I just felt like not taking a risk. I think at the moment where I've only got a few goalkeepers, it's like, right, let's get one, maybe two lineups, like really solid and then see what fits in elsewhere. But it's got to that stage of the season for me. I think now we've got no Asia. A lot of the Americas are finished now. Um, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people are in a similar boat now where it's, uh, you know, scraping the barrel a little bit for keepers um, just to see what lineups you can get out. Um, yeah, I've managed to, I think... Maybe, let me see, one, two. I reckon I've got three competitive lineups, maybe four at a stretch this weekend, um, which I feel pretty good about. I think if I can get a bit of end product in, um, then we'll be happy, right? Yeah. But, um, on the subject of end product, Quinny, I've had a little look at your recent rewards and see you won a super rare rookie. Um, yes. Have you done your Good end products for me. Last weekend, I finished fifth in cap 240. I was a different captain choice off of probably the podium and a different player choice off of winning it. Um, so it was really tight. So not too... I don't know how to feel about that. Matthias Lambord, Ren 3D super rare rookie. Great reward. Really trying my best to keep it. But... <clears throat> But on my scout, doesn't have much footage beyond a recent uh, set of under-17 tournaments, which he did mm -hmm. play very well for France. He's played a little, he played a couple of minutes Europa League for Rennes, and he's played a couple of minutes in the league, not much. And he's definitely got the raw minerals, you know, but he's not been in the squad for a couple of weeks. He's an absolute DNP. I don't know how much he would go in the market necessarily, but like, or with a trader, but I, I could easily turn him into something. So I'm wrestling with 
what to do with them. One of the big things that has been on my, this kind of wraps up into everything you just have kind of touched on there, Stish, but one thing that's been on my to-do list, my agenda for the last, like, uh, let's say month or two, was get a replacement in for Gold for when MLS goes off-season because he was a big part of my all-star midfield, just dropping 80s for fun and stuff like that. Guy you can captain, relatively fixture-proof, big scoring midfielder. And I've had a few targets. If you're looking at my page, depending on what page you're looking at, you'll see who I've brought in. Uh, but this is a one that I've been eyeing up for a long, long time. He's been very expensive. He's normally works category of pricing when he's fit and available, when he was at Leipzig, certainly. Now he's at Chelsea. Uh, and Christopher Nkunku, I think, is going to make his season debut this weekend. Ooh. I hope he starts. I think he'll definitely come off the bench. Still 15-0. I've plugged him straight into a 220. But I feel like I've got this guy at the bottom. There's a couple of lovely details around this. So Nkunku has been injured for a while. I've wanted them for ages, like for mm. ages. And I'm a big fan of him in general. I think he's one of the best, you know, when he's fit and available, you know, let's see him play. Again, it'll be easy to talk about him. But I think he's an amazing player. Probably one of the best prospects, up and coming guys in the world sense that's uh, that's kind of around there at the moment. And I see him on social media, and I'm always kind of plugged into his injury situation since he got injured. And I've, for the last two or three weeks, I've been pulling my hair out, thinking, "Oh no, he's going to come back this weekend. I can feel it. He's back in training. He's, you know, he's been really close to getting back into the team basically for the last two or three weeks. And I've been fearing the the train leaving without me, the boat leaving without me, kind of thing. <laughs> and if you look at the trade that I've did for that in Kunku, this is a fantastic end product or like tutorial or like beginner's thing or whatever, like trade situation. So what I used, so Kunku is typically works priced and typically it was under 23 for a long time as well. He also yeah. has a forward card, which is technically better by all accounts and all the rest of it. I've got a mid, but this guy's normally mad expensive. As his injuries happened, if you check out any of his graphs, he's had a low scarcity. He's had a low like issuance so the Chelsea cards recently have helped bring his price down very recently thankfully because mm. before that there was only those Leipzig cards very few of them were trading and the floor was being kept up quite high so anyway one of them finds their way in the Pavel Traders gallery and I'm monitoring the injury situation as a astute Surayar scouting manager and I'm waiting for I want to see a sign that the recovery's happened with some players you want to see them back on a pitch before you buy them but I felt with Nkunku, he's a bit too hypey, a bit yeah. too peaky. The the return of the rearrival of is just then the whole the, the horse will be bolted. Uh, so Pavel's got one. I've been feeling for the last couple of weeks he's going to get into the team, but my wallet has been really tight. You know, I've not really wanted to go. Even how bottoming out his price is at the moment in Ethereum terms, point one nine is when I found the floor for an Nkunku. I thought it was incredible. Um. De Bruyne, who I'm also tracking in this is in this kind of spectrum as well. He's about a quarter of an Ethereum. Mm. So for the age difference, I, you know, I'm so yeah. happy I got the Nkunku. But De Bruyne is getting almost in at the Quinny price where I can I feel like I can afford him. <laughs> um, but um, but my, anyway, my wallet's quite tight. I've not got that kind of money to go and just go and get an Nkunku just to add in. Now I do need him. It will make a big difference to the squad, but it's not something I can really justify, you know, the outlay for without getting some more rewards in or getting a wee bit of form going because. Uh, thresholds were a bit lean in November and as much as thresholds have been coming back in like you know it's just good club management you know got to manage that whole balance of the squad and all that good stuff but I've remembered all of a sudden one of the oldest plays in the book for trading in so rare is you find preferably under 23 but you find a wee backup goalkeeper somewhere yeah and you try and pick him up for as cheap as you can in the hope of one day 
one of two things happens. He becomes a number one goalkeeper and he saves your life. He makes a team for you. He's a hitter. He's a baller. You paid next to nothing for him and he makes a team happen for you and he helps you progress. Or you take him when he plays, his value inflates and increases and you turn him in to something you actually really want. Now, that kind of move is way understated. I heard a lot of chat about this kind of similar thing. I think maybe on limited time only on Sorier Data, like, um, or it might have been on Sorier TV. I forget where it was, but it was involving Laird and talking about Somerville and how, the kind of price chart yes. he's had recently. And with these situations, when you've got a guy cheap and he goes big, the number one thing you should always, if you don't want the guy, you know, if you're not like, oh, I'm so glad to see him doing well now because I've always believed in him and I've always wanted this guy in my club. I'm so glad I only paid this small amount for him rather yeah. than this. And if that's not the situation you're in, then what you have to be doing is saying, wow, he's worth 10 asses, worth 0.18 is his floor, which is yeah. almost the same as in Kunku. And it's like, okay, well, obviously you guys know where the story goes at this point, but if I've got the 10 ass, who around 0.18 would I love to have? Or yeah. maybe 0.15 if you're against the trader and you've not got much else to put against the deal, you're going to need to give the haircut on the price in the first place. And that's the move to make. Now, ideally, you do it in the position. So you turn a backup keeper who starts into maybe another goalkeeper that you could have never afforded, but now that bridge has been, been uh, you've, you've had some help getting there kind of thing. Yeah. Um, or, like me within Kunku, it doesn't really matter about the position, it's just make the club better. You know, this is a trade opportunity where I've had a guy who I love, and I can't wait to see his price fall, so I'll go and buy him back, because I think he's a great <laughs> goalkeeper. But behind Donnarumma, he's going to be a number two for a long time. And it felt like to me, this was like the top of his price. He can't really get any more expensive unless Donnarumma breaks a bone or you know, tears yeah. or pulls something. His price can't get any. And it's only when Donnarumma serves his suspension, his price is only going to go down, you know? So True. it felt like I caught tennis at an absolute apex and I caught Nkunku right at the last, you know, kind of point here. So it felt like a really good trade. Now, I did throw in a little reward on top of it. It wasn't a straight card for card. And I did uh, a Kvan Kara, who I was really happy to win. Lovely 3D striker at Gladbach, under 23. I kind of wanted to keep it, but it kind of helped me keep the meat from my wallet. And I gave him a wee crumb of beef or whatever as well. Yeah. But now I've got Nkunku in. And as soon as he's back playing for Chelsea, moral of the story is, I've got my gold replacement in nice. for what was a training goalkeeper. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, that's good trading, mate. I think uh, I've been in a similar situation myself where, you know, like, you sometimes, if you, especially with a card that you're familiar with, someone who's been in your gallery a little while, or a player that you've been tracking, and you know, you know when they hit that price, you called it the Quinny price. I know, know that feeling. You're waiting for something to come into that range. Um, and yes, yeah, funny you mentioned De Bruyne because I was thinking about him in the week as well, like knowing that he must be at that bottom right about now in terms of you know the supply of where it is the kind of urgency that managers have at the moment for getting players that are in and playing. Um, so there will be a lot of people that maybe aren't holding on to De Bruyne right now where they would do if he was playing week in, week out. But um, yeah, I love that play. Um, it reminds me of one I did um, with with Pavel, maybe it's probably a few months back now, but I think my mine was uh, the super, I had Super Maximenko who plays at Spartak and knew that you know he was back up to the number one Selikov who was coming back from injury because like again you mentioned oh there's not been many sales of said player therefore floor price is up quite a lot higher than you think it's worth versus a lot of the other stuff similar in the market and I think Maximenko was sat at about 0.6 at the time which 
you know, for a backup goalkeeper is extremely expensive. Um, and I thought, you know, the minute Selikov comes in, that's going to be a 0.2, 0.3 card the minute someone just wants to get rid of it or whatever. So that does strike while the iron was hot. And I think my play was for Chris Brady, super rare. So I went up, I got, got about 0.58 for my um, Maximenko in trade, like, value and then added some more on top added a bit of ETH and then I think overall I ended up paying about 1.5 for Brady who at the time was worth about 1.7 so I felt like I got good value knowing that Maximenko would come down in the end Maximenko's actually played a lot more games since than I expected him to um, I think Selikov took a little bit of a knock so maybe didn't get the value out of it that I thought with like my foresight thinking oh he's going to be out of the team but I love a trade like that. And I think some sometimes you do have to look at players in your gallery, like you said, on that kind of that that round that roundabout or the the um roundabout, I'm talking about uh the roller coaster, you know, that kind of trade value um, that you're getting on any card. And it's always really hard, isn't it, to let go of a card at the top of it. Um, but sometimes it has to be done. You know, you mentioned um tennis there, you know, being at a little bit of a peak and that's when you get the value in it. Like get rid of them at the peaks, it, especially if it is a backup goalkeeper who's coming and you're expecting them to not hold on to that number one. It's like a bit easier to let go of one of them, isn't it? Because that is like, that's more like a spike than a kind of like, yeah, I, I've seen a lot of people recently with uh, Joe Anderson. I, I picked up Anderson for Crystal Palace. Um, I think it was near the end of last season. Yeah, I've definitely got his last season card. And I remember just, you know, like popping my head into the market. Oh, he's, it, that's ending soon. That's cheap. I think I picked him up for like 26 quid. And, um, you know, he's worth about 150, 160 quid at the moment. Uh, a lot of people were selling him through the international break because he had some good fixtures for Denmark. But, you know, the, the smart traders were doing that, knowing full well that Crystal Palace had a really tough run of fixtures coming in off the back of that. And uh, he has seen a little dip in his price since, but I definitely considered it as well. Um, I just feel like he was a little bit of an over, he was being over, over listed, oversold. So I decided not to, um, and, you know, I managed to get a good few fixtures out of him since as well, but um, yeah, that was definitely a play and it's always good to be able to sell in those peaks. Like you said, if you want that player back, you can always go buy him back in a couple of months time when there's a bit more supply out there. They've hit, if hit a poor run of form, bang, you buy him back with maybe 40 quid still in your pocket extra. Um so yeah, love that. That's a great uh, trade. Just had a little look at the details of that. And I think, I agree with you. I think Nkunku, um, once he gets into that side, if he can stay fit, I think he will be like the main man up top for Chelsea. Um, if they can find a bit of form, they've got good players, haven't they? They just need to find a way for them all to work. Enzo, been really impressed with Cole Palmer this season. I think he's a good uh, a good purchase for them. Uh, Conor Gallagher, I'm a big fan of his. I just think they've got a lot of moving parts there. If they can figure out how to make it click and you know get keep everyone fit, obviously they've lost Reese James again, which is going to be a massive blow for them. But and King they're yeah, they're, they're better, better, aren't they? They're better than than what we're seeing of them at the moment. Um, yeah. So yeah, fingers crossed for you there. I think I, I like that move. But um, one thing I will say is I've 100% cursed Gavankara into becoming the next Jurassi. Yeah, now that I've given him to Pavel for trade value of like 40 quid. Or something he this guy's going to probably smash 10 decisives in the last 
in the next eight games or something, or he's probably just going to go on a mad run of form now. So uh, they've got a winter break coming up, so maybe he'll catch that form in the new year when he realises mm. I've sold him. He maybe doesn't know yet that I've traded yeah. him to Pavel, but when he clicks on and then he goes into that Jurassic mode, not that I did that to Jurassic, but that's probably what will happen, Sod's Law and all the rest of it. So Happy. yeah, watch out for Kvankara hitting a red-hot streak this season and everyone going, oh, look at this amazing guy. And he's so expensive all of a sudden. Like, look what Quinny did when he had one. Quinny won one, and look what he done. Now, you know, now look what's happened. Yeah. Nkunku, Nkunku is da -da -da. We'll see what happens. But I'm buzzing for it. I've wanted him for so long. And uh, and the reason I always kind of, I mean, I referenced him before is like, what's priced is because when, uh, you know, because we had Leverkusen before we had the Bundesliga. Yeah. And that's when we got Leipzig. And as you know, a big struggle for Soria managers that have been growing with the game is you buy the best players available. But that's always been a, a moving feast, you know, because mm. there's been more players available, new leagues, new clubs, everything, you know, is ever kind of evolving to now. It's kind of done, it feels like, for the most part, you know, um, except for some fringe elements. So <laughs> when the when the, when the the Bundesliga first came out, obviously I'm much more of a, Lever, uh, a Leipzig supporter than any other Bundesliga team, I would say. I thought to myself, do I want to swap my works for Nkunku? Because mm. like Nkunku was amazing at Leipzig. He was probably outscoring works a lot of weeks and then yeah, obviously yeah. works got injured. And I was like, no, nah, I ended up keeping my works because it was a reward and all the rest of it. But uh, I'm just, I, I, honestly, I've been eyeing him up for a card for so long and uh, mad buzzing that uh, I could get it done. So it's, it's one of those ones that's a lot of fun as well. And it really plays into a huge collection play because I also... Uh, so we're talking about off-season MLS in Asia and that sort of stuff a little bit as well, right? I don't plan on buying any new cards in MLS or anything like that whatsoever. I think my two NYC collections I've got, I've got a full collection of Jersey Mints-ish, minus a few cards. And uh, I've got like some top-up cards from last season just to fill out the squads that were playing last year, some goalkeepers and some midfielders and bits and bobs and whatever. And... Uh, and then I had some other loose pieces. I had Gold, I've got Johnny Russell. I had Ladero, who I won, who I think is maybe not going to be effective next season. And I thought, I, I do want to reinforce that team, but I don't want to buy any more MLS cards. I don't want to get into a new MLS team. I, I know a fair amount about a few of them. I just didn't want to do it. So what I thought is, number one, I'm going to, and this is something that's been on my board for about a month. <laughs> I'm going to buy Mickey Yaman when Asia goes off season. I don't care that he's in Asia. I don't... I, I, He'll play in the J-League, this is what I was thinking, until he's 35, and he'll do what he does now. I don't mind that, because MLS defenders are a bit of a headache, whereas him, I know he's going to be there. But, mm. it's, uh, so I went and bought him. On the news, I seen a news, I seen a rumour that your man is linked to LA Galaxy to be there right back. So wow. when I seen that rumour, I thought, I'll just go and buy him, because then if he does go to MLS, it's even better for me. But even if he just stays in the J-League, then, you know, that's fine. But, you may or may not know some of these out there. I've got a two per, I've got a one percent Kawasaki Frontale collection. And I used to have a Yaman from that season. And if I'd kept it, I would have a two percent Kawasaki collection. <laughs> but unfortunately, I've not got the first owner status anymore. And the first owner one I had was the jersey number, Mickey Yaman, can you believe? Oh. So it's gonna be a really hard one to reacquire. But I'm gonna to need to get a, an old an old one anyway. So I thought, cool, I've got an extra defender in. He should buff me up a little bit in defense. And in midfield, again, talking about the Leipzig thing, I'd been eyeing up a few of the cards anyway because I knew I wanted to get in Kunku. I'm probably going to get a Sobislai at some point. Mm. Maybe I get a Danny Olmo. So I was thinking to get the points up, I should probably get a Campbell and a Limer 
and a Paulson and a Forsberg because these guys are like legends. I should probably do that. But as we know, over the last month, Forsberg has became a bit of a hot property thing. He's moving to Red Bull. It's totally con- uh, to New York. It's totally confirmed now. I bought him last week as well. Or no, a few days ago, sorry. I should say. So uh, I've got another midfielder in to replace Ladero. It feels like him going to New York should be really good. I think, honestly, I think anyone downplaying Forsberg is still trying to buy one. Forsberg yeah. will be amazing. I can say that now because I've got mine. He will be amazing in MLS. Don't think it would be anything other than uh, a powerhouse performance from him, I think. Maybe he won't play every match. That's yet to be seen. Some players, when they move from Europe, you need to see how their fixture pattern is. There's a lot of utility in American cards now. And mm. it also plays into my... So I've got an MLS reinforcement. I've got uh, my Kawasaki. Might be a reinforcement for... You know, so collection bonuses are getting topped up. I'm, reinst- I'm strengthening my New York collection because I don't really buy any more New York cards. I don't want to buy any more MLS cards. And uh, I've got one more piece of the puzzle to go. Um, and then I feel like I'm kind of reset for my MLS off-season shopping. But it won't actually be buying MLS players. It's just buying collection pieces actually <laughs> that help other teams so um you've been busy yeah, have a market ramble rather than uh so5 tactics for me but yeah a bit of a market ramble very very busy in the market um one other thing i wanted to touch on before i forget because i'm looking at your recent wins as well and you obviously we mentioned the uh the young lad at ren um and you also won a 20 year old goalkeeper um is that Sevilla backup um Arbol. um yeah. The point I wanted to raise was, I don't think we've discussed this on a podcast up to this point, but one of the recent updates on SoRare was about the reintroduction of DMP cards into the prize pools, tier fours and fives particularly, yeah. you know, and, and I think a lot of that will go off the 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 recent values and stuff like that. That's kind of how they figure out what tiers they go into as opposed to like their utility in the current moment. But I, I feel a little bit sorry for you in that you've kind of fallen straight in haven't you for like for to have finished quite quite nicely in the leagues as you did you've unfortunately hit like some quite high value uh dmp cards really haven't you how did that feel to like versus picking up something of a similar value that maybe doesn't have the thing with a card of the values that you've obviously picked up versus getting something of a similar value that you can use straight away and maybe plug into cap modes was that frustrating or are you quite happy to just sit on those cards? Do you know, I'm still wrestling with it because I finished fifth in the cap mode, right, to get that DNP mm. rookie, basically, right? And then obviously the Sevilla goalkeeper that you're talking about as well. Um, and I don't know, because I do think, like, I don't mind really good DNPs going out in cap modes into tier four and into tier three if it helps the prize pool. We're just kind of talking about that a little bit on the deadline show. So yeah. I, in theory, don't really mind it. And it has happened to me. But I do think for finishing top 10, I finished fifth. Yeah. It's maybe a bit salty, yeah. you know, like it's not too sweet. You know, it's got a wee bit of, uh, it's, mm, it's nice in that, but I don't really know this guy. He's only got under 17 caps. He's got under five professional appearances. His number one auction went for like 0.4. His number two auction went for 0.16. So yeah. the market value on him in Soraya's eyes is going to be some sort of aggregate or average of the middle which is probably not accurate. The number one rookie super rare collector bonus kind of thing has definitely increased the value of the number one. So I don't think that's a worthy fifth place spot. 
personally. I'm just having a little look now at like well, the... if he comes good in a year or two, if he becomes a Matthias Tell and just yeah. signs for Dortmund yeah. or Leverkusen or something, then I will not be complaining. <laughs> Absolutely not. I've just had a little look at um, the rewards from last weekend in Cap 240 Rare, just to kind of see what is near the top. And like you see, you mentioned obviously the top 10. And there's a few players in there that I'm not that familiar with, but you know, like there, there is an Alaba in fifth place. There's a Ben White in fourth, Marco Illich, who has been the goalkeeper for Colorado towards the end of last season. Uh, but then, you know, in eighth place, you've got Masato Sasaki, who is a U23 goalkeeper from Japan, who lost his place early in the season and hasn't played oh, yeah. very much at all. So, kids. Exactly. Right. So, and then you've got Calvert-Lewin um, just behind him. And so like, if you finish eighth and got I'd just take Calvert Lewin over all of them. Absolutely, wouldn't you? And it's like, you know, ninth place has got that. Eighth place has got Sasaki and maybe you take Sasaki. Because as soon as he comes in, you can do what I just did with tennis. Mm, <laughs> you know, yeah, like, true. It, I mean if he does I think the thing with Japanese goalkeepers particularly is though. Yeah, and I think that the, the classic one that we can look at, obviously you and I know the pain of of owning a uh Tani cards, right? But um it was, um, oh, what was his name? I'm going to forget his name now. He's at St. Troyden. Danny. Oh, um, no, no, no. Suzuki. Suzuki. He's a perfect example of like how goalkeepers are, man are managed differently in the J League from like how maybe we expect players to be utilised in Europe. And I think that there's much more of a kind of like respect for the older generation of goalkeeper in Japan you know, a goalkeeper will hold that place until they're like 42 in a lot of cases, right? Even if they do have like the next hot property on their books. Zion Suzuki, obviously, I think he was like third choice goalkeeper. Um, in I remember reading up on him, oh, this kid's going to be amazing. He's playing like, you know, youth level for Japan, blah, blah, blah. He's the next big thing. Um, but when he was at Urawa, he couldn't buy minutes yeah he's been he's been shipped out on loan to the belgian league which are arguably you know is of a similar probably of a similar um i don't know like level maybe similar i, I don't know j league's pretty good from on the eye i watch a fair bit of it i would i would say they're quite similar obviously there's certain peak players in the belgian pro league that are definitely leagues above like what you've got at the top end of the j league in some respects but you know, he is behind, uh, is it Nishikawa, I think, at Urawa, if I remember rightly. And, you know, he, he couldn't get, really get a look in apart from cup games. Yeah, he's been sent out on loan to Belgium. And, you know, he's kind of cemented himself as the number one there as as far as things look. So with that in mind, I guess like, if you win an 18-year-old goalkeeper who's already been in and lost his place in the J-League, there is in the back of my mind, I'd be like, when is this kid getting back in? You and and I think that maybe that is PTSD from owning a Tani, or before that, maybe Go Hatano at Tokyo was another one who fell his way down the pecking order and found himself like shipped out to J2 on, on loan. Um, be interesting to see what happens to him at the end of this season. With obviously Slowik is being released by Tokyo, so that puts Nozawa, the other U23 goalkeeper, firmly in pole position for number one next season but go hatano coming back off of a really good loan spell at, uh i think it was vivaran if i remember rightly nagasaki 
people are wondering if he's going to come in and take the number one. Anyway, long story short, what I'm trying to say is, <laughs> after all the waffle, winning a U23 goalkeeper who plays in Japan isn't quite as exciting as maybe picking up one who is in Belgium, I think. Like, if you look at, like, Genk, for example, with Van der Voort, and they've got that Chambert on the books, and uh, Lyson, who's obviously gone out to uh, Leuven and has become... He looks like he, you know, he's doing all right there. Um, off the back of a goalkeeper injury, he's come in and taken um, the reins really nicely. And you know, he's going to be hard to dislodge um, for their goalkeeper when he comes back in. But um, yeah, just winning an under twenty three goalkeeper in Japan isn't quite as it doesn't fill you with the hope that maybe winning one in I don't know, like a, a challenger a European side would. So, yeah, I feel yes. for anyone who maybe picked up that um, Sasaki versus the player behind them picking up a Calvert-Lewin. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. I can see a little bit of fallout coming if we're going to get more and more of these kind of like fringe DMP players, especially in Tier 3. And like you said, if you're finishing top 10, you're normally pretty excited about what you might pull um, come rewards day. So... Yeah, I, I was a bit gutted for you looking at that. If I'm not, if I'm going to be completely honest, I was quite gutted for you looking at what you won. Well, the wee guy does look like he played a good part for France in this youth team that they've got. Mm. Um, he looks like a like he's a wide attacking striker. You know, and he looks a part. super as well, right? You're a little bit maybe more a rookie like, super, a rookie super. Where versus like a rare or a limited, you might be like, you know, by the time I get any use out of that guy, there's another hundred players with that card in their gallery. With a super, you're you know you you might only be playing against another twenty people who've got it or something like that. So holding on to a super versus a rare or and especially limited is a bit, especially for you twenty three. I feel like you're a little bit more likely to hold on to that super. So that that I guess that's one thing you can hold on to, right? Yeah, pretty much. So not too sure. But I, I'm I'm happy with it now. We'll see how it shakes out. But um, yeah. And I see, that's probably one of the good things about that because I've I've looked at cards before and you're like, why wouldn't you just give a few of them out? You yeah, know, get a few more because there's some guys who only get two issues as a rookie at super or at rare. They only get like twenty odd and stuff like that because they don't get uh, listed in the squad that often enough. So sorry, I can't wait for their L15 to pop and then start selling them. You know, yeah, and they kind of die out. So you need some way of getting some of these guys out and like, yeah, maybe I think- it's a lot of averages. Maybe I'll need to get three or four of them and one will kick in. I think what they need to do is make sure they don't add these players into the pool and, to, and let and unless they've had a couple of recent um, auctions because they can't go off of previous prices on the floor price. So like if someone's not been sold for like three months and they're still going off the price from three months ago, they shouldn't be in the pool, in my opinion. I think they need to be, if you're going to put DMP players in the pool, put them in at the price they last sold at if they were last sold within like the last week. I don't think... I'll give them, give them two know. auctions. You know, just give them yeah. two options before we pop them in, you know? That would be cool. I wouldn't mind that. That would definitely be... That'd be nice, actually, kind of like a bit different way of opening your rewards, wouldn't it? Which which brings me quite nicely into the next thing that I wanted to bring up, actually. Um, we had a pretty um, big update, didn't we, since the last episode? Um, reward boxes, bonus adjustments, and the reintroduction of, I guess, like scarcity bonus into the cat modes on you know, super rare, rare and, and unique particularly. But um, yeah, essentially they are testing this this weekend, aren't they? Cap 270 in limited um, is going to reward 
more people. So at this absolute top end, the top 200 are going to kind of know that they're going to win a tier zero, tier ones, the rares that they usually do. But then they're also going to get these premium boxes, which comes with like a better opportunity at another, a third card. Um, in some cases, the third card right at, in the top 20, they'll get a third card. And that third card has the potential to even be like a star could be a tier zero. Um, then even that the top thousand, they're going to get a premium box as well. So there is a slim chance. I think some, someone worked out like maybe like, uh, t is it two of those will be stars out of that thousand or was it 20? I can't remember, but you know, a percentage of that is going to be star rewards for people who could have finished as far back as a thousandth in the division. Um, what did you make of that update? Do you like it? Do you like a little bit of random in there? Like the excitement? Love it. A bit of Pat Clock's brilliant, I think, you know. So I think overall it's uh, it's, it's definitely a W. And when I did my wee kind of video, like, uh, like unpacking it or unboxing it or whatever, I started very quickly like daydreaming about these boxes, if you know what I mean, like what they could do with them further down the road in terms of really making it a box, you know, when you open it, yeah. there's multiple things that come out of it. And they need to flesh out the club shop, first of all, because... That's what gives you things to put in it. Some of them will be probably quite naff and quite game-based, but like if they did mad special ones and they're like VIP boxes and oh, what yeah. I kind of mentioned the video was like, imagine it's like top 10, top 10, get a VIP box. VIP mm. box is like, there's 10 of them. The 10 That's clubs it. are named on them. So yeah. it's like one's a Real Madrid box, one's a Dortmund box, one's a Barca box, one's a City box, blah, blah, blah. In the box, you will get signed shirt, with card, play it, or maybe not play an edition card, but like signed shirt, card, match ticket, and a boost or something. Yeah. You know, and then you open that up and then it's that cool box. And then what comes out first? You know, who's the player? Oh, it's the card. You know, it's De Bruyne. You know, yeah, yeah. two tickets to Man City v Man United. That comes up, you know, you're like, oh, yeah. And then it's like signed shirt by the team, you know, or whatever it could be, you know, that feels like a box. You know what I mean? That feels like, wow. That is something you want to win. Yeah, it's uh, it's going to be quite exciting to see what people all do. All my before. imagination, that's all. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, I put into a little uh, group chat earlier today with, like, my friends and family who play the game, at, obviously, um, at, at the kind of, like, entry level. And we were sort of talking about, like, what what where have you entered your teams this weekend? And my brother-in-law said he'd entered Cap 270. And I was like, oh, have you make sure you open you entered the reward box one because I made the same mistake when I was doing my teams today. I didn't realize there's a cap 270 and a cap 270 reward box on the limited options. So I made that mistake earlier. Luckily, when he told me he was entering cap 270, I was like, go and enter the reward box one because that's going to be way more fun than just like entering this kind of standard 270. So yeah, I'm intrigued to see. And fingers crossed, like, I mean, I should. I'd like to think I'll finish in the top seven thousand, right? But um, if yeah, be interesting to see what comes out of those boxes. Um, and I think one of the key takeaways that I saw online—I can't remember—I've probably multiple people said it, but it's going to give seven thousand people that buzz of like winning something every week, right? Rather than you know only two thousand people getting that and getting a card and maybe maybe like the bottom 500 of that 2000 are a little bit disappointed that their card is only worth 50p or something like that right at least here seven thousand people are going to get a oh like Ooh. didn't expect that like trophy day. I, yeah, yeah. Get it's really really interesting
definitely. I'm kinda I'm kinda gutted I never just put a throwaway team in now just to get the animation on reward day now. I'm a bit gutted <laughs> that one. But, Do you know um... what? The main reason I went into it actually was randomly this week as well, I got dropped what was probably like the last week of rewards on the old so rare mega because i think they've stopped doing rewards now right i don't think they get rewards yeah. anymore but i managed to win a limited card on one of the final weeks of that and i just kind of forgot about it to be honest because it was weeks ago now but i won a minulay limited oh, so i got a really useful uh limited goalkeeper and i thought that's going to be quite handy because i'd sold quite a few of my limited goalkeepers to try and get my ETH balance up and you know I was kind of like losing interest in it so when I saw this I was like oh that would be fun but I don't really have a goalkeeper for it um I think I've got Matt Ryan who's now injured long term the only other one I've got is Noppert but I've been using him in my cap rare so this was like oh sweet I do actually have a goalkeeper I can use now and managed to scrape together a little team which looks okay on paper so yeah I'm, I'm buzzing to see how that pans out to be honest I'm quite a quite excited for that um i'm sure a lot of people are anyone in the chat or anyone listening to this drop a little comment on let us know what you think about it It'd be good to hear um more of the feedback from the community on it but overall definitely feels like a plus doesn't it i think people seem pretty happy about it overall yeah big thing okay i'm looking forward to trophy day for sure to see how everyone else does with it none of them will be coming for me right enough and uh but yeah no i think it's a great development and hopefully something that can move the game on in a few different levels as well you know because like it's a great sentiment that's tackling that like you don't need to finish top to get that oh i could be getting lucky you know kind of vibe you know like with having a good score and getting into the top 400 and you got a premium box and you got a tier one rather than a tier three you know well done or yeah you know wherever it spits out for you but 80 90 percent of people are going to get power boosts for their cards yeah. so there's going to be a lot of anticlimaxes as well, but that's just part of the game. And uh, unfortunately, just a heads up on that one. Yes. Someone listening to this, you're going to get card Ouch. boosts. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're going to get. Be ready for it. <laughs> Absolutely. So another part of the update that confused the hell out of me initially, actually, was the card bonus consistency bit where they basically come back on, um, you know, in cap mode when you're playing it, it kind of takes the scarcity bonus out. So it's always like, right, the points are too it's a 240 cap but you need to score 280 and that went across all the scarcities it's now going to change isn't it across multiple scarcities based on the kind of we're going to get all the xp we're going to get the collection bonus the scarcity bonuses in which is fantastic if you are a player who really has played the collection game um you're gonna have a nice little boost on some of your cards i think um that's one point to take from it especially when we get into the top end of things you know we spoke about your chano He's going to be a great card for you coming into cap modes, isn't he? With that like 18% bonus on his rare or whatever it is he's got. Um, so that's one thing, one way to look at it. Obviously, the thing that confused me and fried my brain was like, right. So in in Super Air, for example, the current threshold is 280 points. It's now going to be moved up to 330 points, but you're going to get that 20% plus whatever bonus it is on top of your cards. Yep. So I asked the community, I'm like, is this going to get harder or is it going to get easier? That's all I need to know. Because one thing they didn't add to the update, which they did when they last kind of changed cap 240, was the A versus B. Like, this is what a score last week would have scored. This same team with the scarcity bonus based on this would score this. Or, you know, if you've got a collection bonus score of 1%, 2%, 3%, 4%. 
it would score this. Therefore, it's a point better off or whatever. People in the community basically said that um, with the 20% added, the point threshold should be 336 points. So yep. they're giving us six points for free, which uh, which was all I needed to know. I'm like, sweet, okay. It's not getting harder. Um, but it's definitely going to mean now I'm really – maybe this is just psychological because it might not make mathematical difference at all, but – I feel like I'm really going to be looking at those kind of bonus percentages on my cards when I'm putting them into cap modes even more now than I was before. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be intrigued to see how that pans out. Did you have any thoughts to add on on that one, Quinny, at all? It was like I had my face in my hands when you started talking about it because it was melting my brain as well at the time. It's like, why are they doing this? Why are they even bothering, you know? I don't get it, really. I don't, I don't think it's it. I don't think it's for consistency or anything like that. Let's say everything in the post makes sense but doesn't add up at the same time you know like it's i don't know i can see people getting 329 points and then looking at their team taking away the 20 percent and seeing that it gets 285 and going yeah you know i don't know if that's actually possible but i i can imagine it happens and it's just i don't think it's grief you want i don't think we weren't we were told there would be no mid-season changes is kind of really what i come down on this a lot you know it's like why are you doing I this now? Like, it should have been end of season, beginning of season, something like that. It's just surprised me because I don't know what the issue is with how we had it set up before. If anything, it made it easier because whatever cat mode you're playing, all your cards need to do the same thing. They need to get 280 points. As soon as you take scarcity out of it, it's actually like the same across all of the scarcity. Yep. So this makes it more complicated to look at. It's like, oh, Super Res 330, Unique's this, rare and limited of that. And it's like, right. So you need 375 in unique, 330. It's just like, it was, yeah. in my opinion, it was easier before. But what I guess it, what it does do, it will make a difference in unique because in unique cap mode, you can still play a super rare, right? And maybe that's why. So that it gives an advantage to people who have five uniques versus a super rare. But that's the only place that really changes for me. I think when that's the case, but you make that the exception rather than the rule. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, and they do reference the cross scarcity dynamics in 220, which I don't mind the changes to that. It's kind of like old style underdog. It's kind of how I look at it. You yeah. know, you would get one card scarcity below on a handicap is the way they used to run that division mm. when it first came around. It's kind of the same thing, but in a positive sense, you're giving cards bonuses rather than handicapping one, you know? Yeah. So I'm not really too bored about the 220 aspect of it or the kickoff aspect of it because the kickoff aspect of it, it just further powers the captain. That's all it does because you can only captain the scarcity above in kickoff anyway. So the yeah. scarcity above now has a kicker with the scarcity bonus and the captain's armband. So it's just a more powerful captain, really, you know? But that 240U, like, I get how they would want to do that. But I think when... Like, who's confused? It's not new people. No one's starting no. playing commons and then looking at 240 yeah. unique and getting confused. Yeah, exactly. That's a problem for everyone. You know that? So that's why I'm saying it does It does make sense that maybe it would confuse people, but it doesn't yeah. add up because who is confused by super rare threshold and how cap 220 unique works? You know, who's confused by that? It's not Many people people. playing commons and limiteds. You know? exactly. It's not it's people true. that are trying to go and catch with rivals, you know? And I think if it, if it, if it confused us, 
people who've been playing the game for years as well and what is it going to do for people who just turn up and they're like what is that what don't get it like yeah it, it, it fried my brain for about 10 minutes i was like what am like huh what what am i reading i'm i was confused by it but maybe think, in a further development some of this makes a bit more sense later on so they are surprised for that them. as well yeah, so i don't, don't want to be too maybe. harsh on everything but like True. that's my feeling on it we honest, don't know, you know yeah we can't see into the future they know what's coming we don't i guess but um yeah the, a couple more things obviously another part of that update was they're going to be continuing the uh long format competition to super 220 because they felt like the feedback was quite positive on it i one takeaway I have from that was i'd agree that, that i think like the initial sentiment was it was quite good right however i think that they've jumped the gun on this a little bit until the rewards come out and people see what they got, you need to see how happy people are with the rewards. I think if people are happy with the rewards, then cap 220 makes a good good sense. But if people all like get a reward in a few weeks, in a couple of weeks time when it's finished and it's like, I've played eight weeks to win a card worth five quid or whatever, they're going to be pissed, right? That they didn't just put those cards into 240 and run with like without a goalkeeper or something like that, right? Because you could have won threshold eight times versus one tier five or something like that right so i think they might have jumped the gun a little bit on making 220 the thing again but i'm i'm not mad at it i'm i'm not sure about you but i'm not massively excited about the long format competitions that was something that always kind of like griped me playing fpl and i don't i'm i like the thing i like about so is i've got a, a game i've got a new game to play every three days i don't I don't need a month-long competition to like get me excited personally. But what about you? I think it's a good. I think it's a good flavor for that division because it was kind of dead. You know what I mean? So I yeah. do think it's given it a bit of life. And if you were writing it off and you're still not going back to it, then it's not really much of a change. But if you did have a bit of a fight in that division, it now means it's worth a bit more. And like for me, I could always play it, but I had no motivation to. But now I can play it and put some good cards into it, so it makes True. you know so. True. Like yeah, I don't want it to become the norm, but I do. Uh, I do overall quite like it, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad thing, but it, yeah, I, I I think we need to see. I'm I'm kind of waiting to see what these rewards are like. I, I hope some people get some really good rewards, and it creates a nice little buzz for the next the next one. And I think yeah, I'm not expecting to be anywhere near the top end of the rewards. Um, one the only other takeaway I do have is you know if you look at the current tables in the divisions uh if you look at rare for example you know top place mamba uh, is up there ynwa seventh sr monkey tenth you know it, it's, it's 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 still the big galleries that are, are going to benefit from even this 220 because they have so many excess cards that they're not using that they can just throw something in there that is still banging so i think there's still work to be done on finding the sweet spot for like a long format competition that can benefit uh the the small the small galleries a little bit more um and i don't know what that looks like just yet maybe they need to run a special month long for people who have less than x amount of cards or so i don't know but yeah or, or maybe you know we i think we spoke about this once before like may, maybe you pick your squad for the month long like you you select 10 cards that you can make your teams from a bit like when we used to do the draft mode and it's like right you can put forward a 10 player squad um and yeah 
and and you pick from that each week. So you'd have to really look ahead at the fixtures and try and be a bit more strategic with it versus I've got loads of players. I can always throw a good team into it no matter what. And maybe that will get people playing it a little bit more like a game rather than a... I feel like, you know, at the moment, looking at the leaderboard in rare, it's an afterthought for a lot of these accounts, but they're still smashing it. So I'm not sure if that fixes anything just yet, but... Maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Let's see what they win at the end of it. Um, what else was in this update? What else have we not touched on? I'm sure there was something else. Oh, in the chat, um, Spank Paddle FC, who is a first-time chatter. So welcome. Thank you for uh, popping your head in. They ask, uh, have you guys already spoken about how boring these challenges are and how they're completely irrelevant? They had the opportunity to do some really fun stuff with it thinking like gaming achievements uh quinny you 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 can get the ball rolling on this one did you get into those challenges uh you know like get your kind of manager level what, what did you make of all that i unlocked them all and it is it's just tutorial stuff it's just onboarding hand holding spoon feeding stuff that's all it is i do think if you're going to do these types of things you have to have that part of it go first yeah and then build thereafter you know like so I don't know how they do that. I've got it on screen now. Do they make just each bit bigger, like beginner, common pro, all the way up to unique pro, collector, ambassador? Do they just make each of those sections bigger? Do they maybe add more tabs and more stuff? So it's maybe like pro player, you know, or pro club kind of True. stuff or, you know. So it's not probably what everyone thinks it should be or whatever, but it is just all the basic hand-holding stuff that, every game has i quite enjoyed clicking through it and seeing some of the achievements like i thought oh oh i've not got that one that's interesting or oh that's cool that i've got that and i thought it was okay but it's not like you're not going to wake up and go oh hope this guy comes on auction today so that i can buy him and then this will happen and that'll happen and that'll happen and then i'll be on level 45 <laughs> you know i don't see that happening you know i guess i guess because it's like like you got, I don't know what my level was, like 40-something. And the only kind of thing that I took away from it was I was a bit surprised that some, like when I went into like Unique, it's like, oh, you've you've you finished top three in Unique. And I'm like, what? And then I realised that I did finish top three in a Unique division, but it was one of those midweeks where there was only one prize in like kickoff. Yeah. I think I finished third in it or something like that. So, yeah, that was the only thing that like, oh, that happened. But um yeah, again, it's like you said, it's one of them things in it. It's for hand-holding, it's for onboarding. And yeah, like the, the kind of common section, which I guess a lot of new players would have gone to, does have a bit of like, here's how you scout a player. Here's this, here's that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it is what it is. Not It wasn't much to report, I think, for me. It was uh, be interesting to see if they roll anything out. But I think that most most sort of casual players of the game or anyone who probably listens, plays the game enough to listen to this podcast, at least, you know, there wasn't much to get excited about with that part of the update. But, um, but yeah, it's another, another little thing worth noticing on the, uh, changes things a bit on the website, but, but yeah, in the grand scheme of things, not, not that, not much to get excited about. Not, not now anyway. Um, Quinny, as we're coming towards the end of it, have you got any end products lined up? Have you got anything? Are you, did you manage to grab any end products in the midweek? Uh, roll on 7pm. 
No. The no. the midweek was brutal, mate. So again, it was a tale of John McGinn. Couldn't he get him into a team? I didn't play him because I didn't think he was going to start. He didn't start. He came off the bench and he got an assist in two minutes. Oh. I played instead Mark Rocker, captain against Rangers last night. And anyway, to keep it short, he should have got a last man tackle on Dessers, but he didn't. And Dessers scored Rangers' second goal. And then he got a big chance missed, which I'm, I didn't see it. I must have missed it, but I'm reliably informed it was an absolute sitter. So I could have had Rocker on one. He could have had him on two decisives as captain, and I would have won the division at a canter. Even won the decisives, I'd have been top 10, top 5, top 3. But he finished on 35 points, and I'm getting a tier 5 superior from my troubles, which is just wonderful. <laughs> uh, so we've got a threshold, but which is okay. But nothing else midweek for me, mate, now. Oh, mate. I, so I managed, I got really lucky uh, to manage to scrape the rare threshold. Um, Kenneth Taylor came up, um, trumps me there. Um, but yeah, a couple of looking at some of the scores. Again, I think I had Veerman in the cap 220 super rare against Arsenal as a captain. He didn't play. Um, U23 rare plus was good, but uh, Lecaba made an error that led to a goal and I didn't captain. He did a really good. Uh, he had a really good AA performance, so kind of lost like about thirty points with the the, the 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 negative decisive and the captain bonus on top of that. Um, but I did still manage to finish eighteenth in that U twenty three rare plus. So a tier two to come there that that should be pretty exciting. That sh- a tier two is normally pretty decent, and and yeah, got the um, the rare threshold. So. As far as midweeks go, pretty happy with that. Always nice to win a bit of Ethereum. Um, especially at the minute, things are looking quite positive on the Ethereum side of things. So, yeah, fingers crossed a little bit more threshold activity over the weekend. Um, and we can hopefully come in with uh, reports of more end product next week on what will be uh, our Christmas special, Quinny. We're going to have to do something special for the, for the final uh, podcast before Christmas. I hope you've got um, your Santa hat in the studio. Are you ready I'll for next? I need to get one? it. I'm gonna get it. And I will need to come up with some fun ideas. Get into the get into the if you're still listening on Spotify or on the video after we've been on YouTube or whatever. Drop a comment, uh, whatever you can. Christmas special. What do we do for them? What's uh, what's Christmas end product all about? Maybe we should yeah. do this from last year. Let's see what we did last year as well. Maybe check that out. But yeah, any yeah. suggestions? Feel free to drop it in. I'm I'm currently scouring the market for any player that's got the word Santa in their name. So uh, to see if we Santa can Maria. get Tiago Santana. Um, maybe, maybe we pick up a little limited of his and give it away on the uh, stream or something. Yeah, Santa Maria somewhere as well. Yeah, yeah it's definitely there's there's bound to be more players than him. But on the main site list, we got um, Carlos Santana, the baseball card. Um, yeah, sort of. If I search Santa and see what's coming up, but it's uh, it's not letting me do it for some reason. We'll find it. Maybe we get a Santa Fe player or something like that. But yeah, either way, we'll figure it out, Quinny, mate. I'm sure we'll, we'll get in the, the group chat in the week and try and work out what the Christmas special looks like next week. But um, thanks, everyone, for tuning in, as always. And uh, Quinny, it's been a pleasure chatting to you, mate. And fingers crossed for a bit of end product this weekend. Um, a little bit of... Christmas end product ahead of this episode mate. Uh, big up everyone as Quinny always says uh, like, share, subscribe, all that good stuff love to see it um, and good luck for the weekend and we'll catch you again on the podcast next week. Cheers everyone <laughs>